Uh, let's go ahead and turn to Deuteronomy chapter 31, and we'll finish it out. And, and uh, real excited about uh, uh, about next week. Uh, Ryan starting our study through Joshua. I think it's going to be really good. And um, of course, Sunday mornings we're going through Philippians, and I think some of that's going to tie in a little bit with what we talk about tonight. And, and uh, if you guys haven't been coming on Sunday mornings, it's a really great study. Um, so you guys should should check out the website. Uh, maybe grab the MP3s and listen to them if you uh, if you missed any of them. They're definitely uh, you don't want to miss any of them. So so check them out. Uh, let's go ahead and pray, and uh, then we'll get into the word. Lord Jesus, we uh, just thank you for an opportunity to come and worship you. Um, just thank you that uh, um, for this body of believers and, and just everybody's hearts here that uh, that are for you. Uh, we pray tonight, Lord, that you would open our hearts and that you would speak to us uh, through your word, uh, that, uh, that my words wouldn't be heard, but that your words would be heard tonight. Uh, we pray that you would speak to us and that you would, uh, you would challenge us to grow tonight and that we would learn more about you than, than when we walk in the doors. Uh, Lord, for those of us that uh, that haven't been feeling well, for for Pastor Ryan and, and others that have been under the weather, we just pray for your healing touch on their lives. Uh, that you'd get them well, so they can return to uh, to work and return to their families and other things that they have going on. Um, and uh, just pray that you would uh, you would bring your healing hand upon those now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you've been here on uh, on Wednesday nights, uh, uh, we've been in Deuteronomy for for quite some time now. I'm not even sure when we started it, but it's been a long time. And <laughs> Uh, but we've learned some really, really great things, I think, about, um, I think Ryan's done a really great job of just making practical application of maybe some obscure passages of, of Deuteronomy and some things we might otherwise read and just think, how does this apply to me? And I think we've learned a lot of great practical application about just the laws that, that the Lord spoke through Moses uh, to the children of Israel and how they can apply to us today and what kind of things that we can learn uh, today from, from those things that happened long ago. Um, as we pick up in chapter 31, um, children of Israel are about ready to enter the promised land. And uh, if you remember quite a few chapters back towards the beginning of, of Deuteronomy, um, Moses was disobedient to the Lord, and the Lord told him that he was not going to be allowed to enter the promised land uh, with the rest of the gang. And, uh, um, you know, I was thinking about that today and, and just thinking about all of the things that, that Moses did in his lifetime. And, and Moses is nearing the end of his life here, too. And, and just all of the things that, that Moses did during his life. And he did some pretty amazing things, and God used him in some pretty big ways. Uh, to do some pretty cool things. And he has one, one act of disobedience that we read about, and, and, and God just says, okay, you, you can't go into the promised land with everybody else. And I just got to think, what if that were me? I, I would probably feel a little bit gypped that I didn't get to enter the promised land. <laughs> I mean, hey, hey, I'm Moses. I've done some great stuff. And, you know, here's one little thing, one act of disobedience. You know, why, Lord, am I not going to be allowed to do this? I mean, those are the things that, that, that I would be questioning. But... Not once do we read about Moses complaining that he doesn't get to enter the promised land. And, uh, you know, if you guys were here on, on Sunday, one of the things that, that Ryan talked about in our study in Philippians is about complaining. And you don't have to turn there, but I'm just going to read one one of the scriptures out of Philippians um, that applies to this. And it's in Philippians 2, uh, starting in verse 14. It says, Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. And, and, and here we look at Moses, who all this, all this buildup and all this time, all these years wandering through the desert, finally they're, they're on the edge of, of going into the promised land, and Moses doesn't get to go, and, and we don't read about him complaining about it. And that kind of blows me away, because like I said, I, I would totally complain. And I, I think that it's really awesome that we don't read about Moses complaining one bit. 
And as a matter of fact, what we're going to look at here in a little bit is that not only does he not complain, but he blesses the people that are going to go out ahead of him. And, you know, how many times in our lives do, you know, we pray for things, we ask the Lord, you know, to to heal us or to give us better jobs or bigger houses or, or more money or whatever the case may be. And we don't see those things happening, but we see other people around us and we see that, that maybe God blesses the person sitting next to us or the person across the street. And how many times do we think, well, that, that's not fair. Why, why do you bless them, Lord, but not me? And, and I don't think that that's the attitude that the Lord would, would cause us to have. And, and so I think just as one practical thing that we could learn just, you know, looking at the life of Moses is to not complain because God blesses who he blesses and he curses who he curses. Um, he's God and it's his, his prerogative, he's sovereign Lord. And, uh, you know, I, I think that there's a lot to that. I, I was very convicted on Sunday about complaining because I am kind of a complainer. <laughs> And so the Lord kind of hit me with, you know, I, I complained about a lot of things. Um, and I'm pretty good at it uh, once, once I get going. And, uh, you know, I, th- I mean, I think we all as humans, we, we probably are. We tend to focus on the negative. And, uh, you know, it's easy to look at the negative circumstances in life and, and to just get all involved in the negativity. Um, or even people around us who are negative to get involved in their negativity. Um, it's hard. You know, we deal with it every day, whether it's, you know, with our spouse or with our coworkers or, or kids or, or parents or whatever the case is. Um, so I think that, um, you know, especially if you guys, like I said, if you weren't here on Sunday, definitely uh, get on the website and, and listen to that message because it, it definitely struck me between the eyes. And I just think there was some good practical stuff, but it definitely ties in tonight um, as we see Moses not complain uh, when he doesn't get to enter into the promised land. You know, Moses was with these people for years, 40 years going through the desert. And it seems like, you know, as we've made our way through Deuteronomy, every time they, they stopped to camp, that was complained about something. You know, the, we don't like the, the food. There's, there's not enough water. You know, why do we keep wandering in the desert? And all they did was complain, complain, complain. And, you know, one of the points that Ryan brought out uh, in past weeks is that, you know, none of those people, the original group that, that left Egypt, uh, with exception of Joshua and Caleb, got to enter the promised land. And, you know, maybe because they complained too much and, and they were complaining against God. And, and God said, okay, that's, you know, too bad. Here's, here's my promise, but you complained against me and, and now you don't get to participate in that promise. And so I think there's definitely a lesson that we can learn there. Um, but, so let's let a little background on, on what brought us to, to where we're at here in chapter 31. And, and we're not going to read all the chapters tonight in their entirety, but we're just going to read some little bits and pieces and, and kind of sum some things up and, and try to make some practical application of, uh, of just a few points. So let's, uh, let's read in chapter 31, uh, starting in verse 1 uh, through verse 6. Then Moses went and spoke these words to all Israel and said to them, I am 120 years old today and can no longer go, in, go out and come in. Also, the Lord has said to me, you shall not cross over this Jordan. The Lord your God himself crosses over before you. He will destroy these nations from before you, and you shall dispossess them. Joshua himself crosses over before you, just as the Lord has said. And the Lord will do to them as he did to Sion and Og, the kings of the Amorites, in their land when he destroyed them. The Lord will give them over to you that you may do to them according to every commandment which I have commanded you. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. A couple things that that I see here is that that Moses reminds the people of God's promise. That they are to go into the promised land and that they are to defeat all of their enemies. And Moses, as he's near the end of his life and, and not going with them, reminds them that here's what God promised you. 
And I think the principle there is that we need to be reminded, uh, we need to remind each other and remind ourselves, I think, daily of, of God's promises. The things that we read in his word, that God has promised us salvation and that God has promised us forgiveness of sins and that, that God has justified us in, in those things. And I think that we need to be mindful of those things and remember them on a day-to-day basis. I think that'll that'll kind of help curb that whole complaining thing if we're, we're focusing on the good things that God is doing for us and not necessarily the bad things that we want him to fix. Let's remember God's promises. Um, the other thing that, that, that I picked out of here is that, that God's timing is not always what our timing is. You know, these guys, like I said, they wandered around the desert for 40 years waiting to enter into the promised land. And, and I think initially when they set out, nobody realized that they were going to be wandering in the desert for 40 years. They were thinking, hey, we're just going to get out of here and go over here where God told us to go and life's going to be great. And then there just so happened to be 40 years in between. And, uh, you know, I just look at look back on situations in my life where, you know, I've had, uh, just as an example, a, a family member that, that I had prayed for for a long time to come to know Christ. And uh, just never saw any fruit from it and to the point where, you know, I kind of gave up and just thought, well, God's not going to make it happen. And, you know, about the time I got to that point is when the Lord made it happen. And you know, here my expectation was, okay, I'm going to pray for this and it's, it's going to happen right now. Um, but it took, you know, a few years of, of me praying for this particular family member before they came to know the Lord. And, uh, you know, I think we just need to be reminded that. You know, we just don't need to give up when we seek the Lord for things and we pray for things that just because it doesn't happen now doesn't mean that God has not heard us or has not answered our prayer. It just means that his timing is different than ours. And and I think that we need to be mindful of that. Um, the other thing that, that I picked out of here is just there at the end of verse 6 um, where he says, For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. The Lord doesn't abandon us. The Lord doesn't get us into a situation. He doesn't, you know, call us here, there, or, you know, tell us to move or tell us to switch jobs or, you know, whatever things that we do in life to only for us to get to that point and for him to, to walk out on us and, and leave us. Um, sometimes it's difficult. You know, we several years ago moved to California uh, kind of on blind faith, and, and it was difficult because we didn't know anybody. We didn't know where we were going. Uh, we just felt like the Lord said, go here, and we went there, and, and uh you know, years later, I look back and, and see the great things that, that God did in our lives through that move. But at the time, um, we were just kind of going on blind faith. And, and I think it's an important principle that we remember that when the Lord brings us into a circumstance or a situation that he's not going to leave us, he's not going to abandon us, he's going to see us through whatever that circumstance is uh, in our life, just as he, he saw the children of Israel through their circumstance that just happened to be a 40-year circumstance uh, to get into the promised land. And so I would challenge us tonight um, for those of us that you know, have difficult things that we're going through is, is just know that the Lord's not going to abandon you. He's not going to leave you high and dry in the middle of whatever your situation is, uh, be it big or be it small, that the Lord isn't going to abandon us. Uh, let's skip down to uh, verse 9. <clears throat> we'll read verses 9 through 13. So Moses wrote this law and delivered it to the priests, the sons of Levi, who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, and to all the elders of Israel. And Moses commanded them, saying, At the end of every seven years, at the appointed time of the year of release, at the Feast of Tabernacles, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses, you shall read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Gather the people together, the men and women and little ones, and the stranger who is within your gates, 
that they may hear, that they may learn to fear the Lord your God and carefully observe all the words of this law, and that their children who have not known it may hear and learn the fear of the Lord your God as long as you live in the land which you cross the Jordan to possess. A couple things that uh, I think we pick out of there is that it's important for us to teach the word. The Lord speaking through Moses tells them to gather together on a regular basis. This just so happened to be at the Feast of Tabernacles, but the principle is to gather together regularly and learn God's word together. And, you know, it's part of what we do on Sunday mornings and, and Wednesday nights. That's why we have, you know, men's Bible studies, ladies' Bible studies, youth group, and those kinds of things, so we can gather together and learn the principles of God's word. It's all well and good and all great that on our own time, you know, we have our devotions and, and we read, but, you know, if you guys are like me, we're, we're all undisciplined people and, it's easy to kind of skip one here and there or skip a couple here and there, <laughs> skip a few, um, you know, whatever the case. And it's important that, that we gather together to, to hear God's word, to keep each other accountable. Um, you know, the Bible says in Proverbs that, that as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And I think there's an important principle that, you know, we need to continually be getting together uh, to learn God's word, to feed off of God's word uh, with each other. Uh, and then the other thing that, that I picked up out of there is, is to teach especially the children. Uh, he, they mentioned the little ones a couple of times that it's important uh, you know, for us, I think, as parents to teach our children the ways of the Lord because if we don't, who's going to do it? Um, you know, may, maybe your attitude is, and I'll just send them to Sunday school and, and they'll get it there. Um, but I think it's important as parents that, that we teach our children what's right. And the book of Proverbs talks about that too, that if we raise our children up in, in the way of the Lord, that when they get older, that they won't depart from it. And I think here, you know, we see this principle that we need to teach our children uh, the ways of the Lord. Um, so for those of you that are parents, take that challenge tonight to, to really teach your children um, the principles that the Lord would have. Um, and let's, let's jump to verse 16 now. And we're going to read 16 to 23. <clears throat> and the Lord said to Moses, Behold, you will rest with your fathers, and this people will rise and play the harlot with the gods of the foreigners of the land, where they go to be among them. And they will forsake me and break my covenant, which I have made with them. Then my anger shall be aroused against them in that day, and I will forsake them, and I will hide my face from them, and they shall be devoured. And many evils and troubles shall befall them, so they will say in the day, have not these evils come upon us because our God is not among us. And I will surely hide my face in that day because of all the evil which they have done in that they have turned to other gods. Now therefore, write down this song for yourselves and teach it to the children of Israel. Put it in their mouths that this song may be a witness for me against the children of Israel. So when I have brought them to the land flowing with milk and honey, of which I swore to their fathers and that they have eaten and fulfilled themselves and grown fat, that they will turn to other gods and serve them. They will provoke me and break my covenant. Then it shall be when many evils and troubles have come upon them that this song will testify against them as a witness, for it will not be forgotten in the mouths of their descendants. For I know the inclination of their behavior today, even before I have brought them into the land which I swore to give them. Therefore Moses wrote this song the same day and taught it to the children of Israel. Then he inaugurated Joshua, the son of Nun, and said, Be strong. And of good courage, so you shall bring the children of Israel into the land which I swore to them, and I will be with you. A few things that I think we can pick out there is that, you know, the Lord brought these people to the promised land after their journey in the desert. And he says right here to Moses, I know that these people are going to turn from me. The Lord already knew what was going to happen, yet he allowed them to enter the land that he promised to their fathers. And I think that that speaks of, of God's mercy and God's grace. 
you know, God's God. He didn't have to let them enter the promised land. He could have kept them wandering around the desert for another 40 years if he wanted to because he knew, he knew that they would, that they would turn from him. Um, yet he let them enter anyway. And how many times in our lives, you know, does the Lord know that if he allows us to do this thing or allows us to come through this circumstance, you know, a week later, have we already forgotten what the Lord had done for us? How many times, and one thing that I've been challenged with lately and, and you know, partially in going through the book of Philippians that's been hitting me is that um, how many times does God work in my life and how many times do I not really tell anybody about it? That's, that's been challenging me quite a bit that, um, you know, I think the Lord has been telling me that, you know, whenever something cool happens, that I need to talk about it. I need to tell people about it. And it's easy to come to church and, and say, hey, I, you know, I prayed for this and, and here's how the Lord answered my prayer. And that's all well and good. But why don't we tell our coworkers about it or, or people that, that aren't Christians? You know, do we tell people what the Lord is doing in our lives? Um, I, I fall miserably short of that every day. Um, and, and that's, you know, again, just part of God's grace is that when God does things for us that we don't deserve, um, you know, I think we need to tell people about it. I think we need to, to share it with people in our lives because you never know how that's going to impact somebody around you when you say, here's what the Lord did for me. Um, you know, the Bible says in Revelation that the enemy is defeated by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And our testimony, I think, is a powerful thing. And how often do we not share our testimony when we could? Um, like I said, I, I feel miserably short of that uh, every day of my life. And, and so as I'm challenged that, I would challenge you guys to take opportunities to share your testimony when you experience the grace of God, when you experience the mercy of God in your lives. Tell somebody about it, and not just somebody at church. Not somebody that, that's a believer, but you know, tell those non-believers in your life, here's what God has done for me. Because people, people can't argue with your testimony. People can't say, oh, that didn't happen to you because you were there. It happened to you, obviously. And, and so you know, that, that's just been a great challenge to me. And, and hopefully it will be a great challenge to all of us tonight is just to, to share the things that the Lord is doing uh, in our lives. The other thing that I see here is, is the Lord goes through all this with Moses and, and says the people are going to turn against me. And so then he tells Moses, okay, write a song about this. So that way, when the time comes, you know, the people can be reminded that you know, this is what the Lord said. And it says, this is, therefore, Moses wrote this song the same day. Um, and the thing that struck me with that is, you know, the Lord told Moses to do something, and he did it right away. He didn't hesitate. He didn't wait he didn't wait a week. He didn't wait two weeks. He didn't wait a month. He did it the same day that the Lord told him to do it. And, uh, you know, again, something that, that I've been challenged with lately is, you know, how many times does the Lord, you know, do you feel the Lord's leading to maybe pray with somebody or maybe share something with somebody and you hesitate for whatever reason? It happens to me. Um, you know, I hesitated, you know, a couple of weeks ago when I had an opportunity to, to share about the Lord with one of my coworkers. And, you know, how many times do we not go when the Lord tells us to go or speak when the Lord tells us to speak? Uh, for whatever reasons, maybe we're afraid, maybe we get nervous, maybe we're not sure of what to say. Um, but how many times do we hesitate? And I think the, the principle that we can learn here is that when well, the Lord commands us to do something, that we just need to do it. Um, you know, just do it. <laughs> not to be cliche, but, uh, you know, when the Lord says it, we, we have to do it. Um, because great things happen when, when we follow the commands and the prompting of the Lord. And when the Lord says to do it and we wait, you know, we miss out. You know, I don't think God needs me to accomplish what he wants to accomplish because he, he's God and, and he can do whatever he wants. And if he wants something done, he's going to do it with or without me. But, uh, you know, are we grateful just to have opportunities to talk to people? 
are we grateful that the Lord included us and, and gives us an opportunity? Because I tell you what, it, it's a blessing when we have opportunities to share with people and, and we go where the Lord says go. Uh, it's amazing what happens and, and what kind of fruit comes out of that and what kind of blessing comes out of it for our own lives. And so that's just another thing that, that I think we should be challenged with tonight is, you know, A, to, to hear the voice of the Lord and B, when we hear it, um, that we just do what he's telling us to do. Um, <clears throat> so that's kind of the, the summary of, of chapter 31. Um, you know, here we see Moses, you know, inaugurating Joshua uh, as his successor. And uh, he tells Joshua to be strong and of good courage, for you shall bring the children of Israel into the land which I swore to them. And I will be with you. And I think the Lord would say to us tonight in the midst of all these things to be strong and to be of good courage um, as we have opportunities to, to share with those around us and to pray with those around us and, and just to share the love of Christ uh, with our circles of influence, to be strong and to be of good courage and you know, not worry about what people are going to say or how people are going to react. Uh, if people may turn us away, um, that we just need to be strong and to be of good courage. Um, chapter 32, we're, we're not going to read all of chapter 32, but that's basically the song that the Lord gave to Moses uh, to write uh, all the way through verse 43, and we're going to pick it up in uh, verse 44. So Moses came with Joshua, the son of Nun, and spoke all the words of this song in the hearing of the people. Moses finished speaking all these words to all Israel, and he said to them, Set your hearts on all the words which I testify among you today. Which you, which you shall command your children to be careful to observe all the words of this law. For it is not a futile thing for you, because it is your life. And by this word you shall prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to possess. I think the principle that we pick up out of there is, is uh, a couple things. Uh, pretty simple that, uh, again, as parents we need to teach our children the word of God. It says it again, that you shall command your children to be careful to observe all the words of this law. And it's, that's a couple of times now that, that we've seen reference to teaching our children. Um, and the other thing that, um, that I think that we see here is just the importance of God's word in our life. It says, for it's not a futile thing for you because it is your life. And by this word you shall prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to possess. Um, you know, Moses lived to be 120 years old, and uh, that, that's old. <laughs> uh, that's, that's a long, you know, people don't live that long anymore. Um, and that's a long time to live, and, and probably that was due to his obedience to the Lord and his obedience to the word of the Lord that, that God prolonged his life. Um, and so that would be a great challenge for us tonight is just to make God's word a, a daily thing uh, that we need to live by day to day. Um, you know, how many of us, you know, and I've been guilty of this myself, but how many of us, you know, come to church twice a week and we get our fill of, of you know, the teaching, and, and then we walk out of here, and we just kind of forget what we talked about and what was taught, um, and we don't really make application. Uh, I think it's important that we make application of the things that, that we study uh, because that's how we grow. Um, I mean, otherwise, what, what's the point of, of doing what we're doing? You know, we come together, and you know, you know, I don't think we have a, a social club here, but if we're not growing and we're not being challenged, we're not changing. Uh, you know, we're not walking towards the Lord. Then, then that's really all it is, and. and you know, I don't think anybody here is really interested in, in having a social club. And so I would challenge us tonight is, is to let the Lord challenge us week by week. Uh, you know, every time that we come here to, you know, ask the Lord, what, what can you show me today, Lord? What do you want me to hear? How can I grow? How can I be challenged? And uh, again, you know, hear the word of the Lord and, and, and do it. Uh, I think those are definitely important things. 
picking up in verse 48. Then the Lord spoke to Moses that very same day, saying, Go up this mountain of the Arab of Mount Nebo, which is in the land of Moab, cross from Jericho, view the land of Canaan, which I gave to the children of Israel as a possession, and die on the mountain which you ascend and be gathered to your people, just as Aaron, your brother, died on Mount Hor and was gathered to his people because you trespass against me among the children of Israel, the waters of Merib Kadesh and the wilderness of Zin, because you did not hallow me in the midst of the children of Israel. Yet you shall see the land before you, though you shall not go there into the land which I am giving to the children of Israel. So the Lord tells Moses to, to go up to the mountain, take a look at the promised land, and then that's where Moses will die and, and will be gathered to his people. And, and I think that this uh, speaks of God's grace. Even though, you know, again, that the, the Lord didn't allow Moses to enter the promised land, he, he let him take a look at it. And the Lord didn't have to do that. And, you know, how many, how many things in our life do, you know, do, does the Lord do that he doesn't have to do? Um, and I think that we just need to be thankful uh, every day for God's grace in our lives. You know, none, none of us deserve the house that we live in, the car that we drive, the, the job that we have, the clothes that we wear. We don't deserve those things. Those are all gifts from God. And uh, you know, I think when we start to look at those things in our lives as being God's grace to us, I think we start to look at you know life in general just a little bit differently when we begin to understand that our whole life is, is because of God's grace. So I think that's an important principle to remember. Uh, as we go down through chapter 33, and we're not going to read all of that, but this is where we see Moses begins to bless the people of Israel. And, and, and you know, like I mentioned in the beginning, this is kind of what blows me away. So here Moses is, God tells him, go up to the mountain, look at the promised land, and then you're going to die. And, and this is the point where if it were me, I probably would very begrudgingly hike up the mountain. I might not even do it at all. I don't know. <laughs> but if I did, it would be very begrudgingly, you know, complaining the whole way. What, what's the point of this? I'm just going to die anyway. And so here's Moses, and, and he gets up there, and he, he looks at the promised land, and, and then he begins to bless the children of Israel. And, and I just think that that's, you know, probably the most amazing thing to me out of this whole section of Scripture that we're reading tonight is, you know, if ever there was a reason or a justification for Moses to be bitter, I think this would be it. You know, why wouldn't he complain that, you know, I've led these people all around for, for 40 years. I've been their leader. I've, I've done, you know, pretty much everything you've asked me to, Lord. And now you tell me to go look at the promised land and, and die. I just wouldn't be into it if it were me. Um, but Moses blesses the children of Israel, and he speaks blessings upon them. And he's not bitter about it. He's he's excited that the children of Israel get to realize God's promise. And, and I think that there's a couple principles there that, that, one, that we as Christians shouldn't be bitter. And sometimes that's hard because sometimes we face hard things in life and we face circumstances and we deal with people that just really make us mad and people that have really truly wronged us and it's hard to not be bitter it's hard and and i think the lord would challenge us tonight is just to, to not be bitter in those situations and, and and don't ask me how to not be bitter because i don't know um, aside from just the lord removing it from my life um it's not an easy thing to deal with um but, but i think that we should be challenged with that to not be bitter in those those hard circumstances and then the second thing that that out of this section that i think we should be challenged with is, you know, to be excited for those around us when we see God moving in their lives. When we see, you know, people getting jobs that, you know, have been praying for jobs for a long time, yet we don't have a job. Are we going to be excited for that person or are we going to be upset that they got a job and we didn't? 
uh, or vice versa. Uh, you know, I, I think that, that the Lord would call us to, to be excited. Would we see people around us be, be blessed by him? Uh, and that we should participate in their blessing and, and not be bitter. Um, it, it, because ultimately, you know, when we're bitter and when we're bad, we're, we're mad and bitter at God. Not, not at that person. It all boils down to that. You know, our 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 bitterness is is against God, and and it's you know that bitterness and anger is what kept Moses from being able to enter the promised land, and it's what kept Moses from seeing God's promise fulfilled in his life. And and I just think that anger and, and bitterness, not only are they just not pleasant to deal with, but you know when we give place to those in our lives, you know it it allows God's promise to not be fulfilled. In us, and, and I think that's a major hindrance to to what the Lord would want to do in us. So, so I think, like I said, this this is the part I think for me that that just kind of hit me the most um, is to, to not be bitter and, and just to bless those around us. Um, and in chapter thirty four, uh, we're, we're going to skip down to uh, verse ten in chapter thirty four um, to the end of the chapter. Um, it says, but since then, and this is Moses has just died, and starting in verse ten, it says, but since then. There has not arisen in Israel a prophet like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. In all the signs and wonders which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt, before Pharaoh, before all his servants, and in all his land, and by all that mighty power and all the great terror which Moses performed in the sight of all Israel. So here we see that, that Moses has left an incredible <laughs> legacy um, at the end of his life. And, and I think that the principle there is that when we live our lives for the Lord in obedience to God, that we're going to leave an incredible legacy behind for uh, our children, our grandchildren, our, our friends, our family, people around us. Um, we'll remember that you know we lived a life for the Lord, and uh, you know I just think of you know a few different funerals that I've been to in the last you know several years of people that were believers that that passed on, and, and you know yeah, funerals are, are a sad thing to go to, but. You know, when the person's a believer and, you know, their funeral is not necessarily about their death, but about the life that they lived and the legacy that they left behind, um, you know, that's something that I find myself, you know, thinking that, boy, I hope when my time has come that people will remember that I walked with the Lord and people will remember that, that my life was in obedience to God. And, and I think that that would be, you know, another challenge for us is that, you know, if my life ended tonight, would, what would people say about me? Would people say that I lived a life in obedience to the Lord? I hope so. Um, I certainly hope that that would be the case. But but we see that Moses has has left an amazing legacy. That even you know today, how many thousands of years later that we're able to look at the life of Moses and be ministered to and be blessed because of the life that he lived. I mean, if you think about that, that's really pretty powerful. That you know, we can look at a guy that lived thousands of years ago and learn about the Lord from from his example and his obedience and his life, and and that's again just another thing that I've been challenged with uh, tonight. That I hope that we're all challenged with is that you know, are we going to live our lives in a way that uh, would glorify God not only today but you know for years to come and, and for years to come after we've passed on. Um, you know, are we going to leave a legacy, not of ourselves and not of, of our accomplishments and, and what we've done in life, but are we going to leave a legacy that, you know, that guy or that gal served the Lord? Um, and I think that's an amazing thing. So um, a lot of challenging things tonight, like I said, at least for me. And, and uh, you know, hopefully uh, we're all challenged tonight. Uh, I think we'll have maybe the, the band come back up and we'll close out in, in song. Um, but I just want to take a minute and pray, and uh, just pray that the Lord would would allow us, like I said, to be challenged to grow tonight, and that, that some of these things would 
uh, would sink into our lives. And, and hopefully tonight that, you know, maybe there's just one or two things that, that spoke to you. Maybe there's a lot of things that spoke to you. But whatever the Lord has impressed upon your heart from tonight, uh, I just encourage you to, to not ignore it. And if the Lord's challenging you to make changes in your life or, or to grow in an area, um, to do it. Uh, just simply do it. And, uh, you know, we can be available to pray with anybody tonight. If, if you guys need some prayer, um, I'll be up here. Maybe Kelly or Sean might be around to, to pray with you guys. But, uh, you know, we just want to grow. We want to serve the Lord and, and, uh, and leave a legacy.